What's going on, everybody? My name is Seth Askelson, and I appreciate you joining us here for Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Third day of this week that we're bringing you Coyotes news as they prep for um, another short week. Take on Vegas tomorrow night, and then on Saturday it will be a matchup against the Colorado Avalanche, the team that beat them out for a playoff spot last season. So a couple of big games coming up here for the Coyotes, a team that have yet to pick up a win, and they're really desperately searching for that victory that um, that they really need. They really need to find the they need to find that they're scoring ways. And again, it's it's early in the season. I get it. It's one of those where you don't want to you don't want to rush. You don't want to worry. But at the same time, you don't want to be in a spot where you're 0 4. You don't want to be like San Jose, where you're wondering when is that first one going to come. And again, it's a long season, but I think it's one of those things where you want to you want to start right. A team that under Dave Tippett has struggled to start and have really picked it up in the back half of the season, but the last two years it's really bit them. It really has come back to really hurt them, especially last season. And I think that if they can find a way to pick up a victory, if they can if they can get themselves back to 500 this week, it'll be big. I think it'll be one of those where uh, a win, a season, a season-defining win. I know that's crazy to say this early, and I don't think it'll, again, matter too, too much as the season goes along if they do win these two games. But right now, I mean, this is this is big. A team that scored one goal in two games, a team that's playing maybe the two best teams in the Western Conference. Vegas looks uh, unbeatable, but they did lose last night to Boston. So uh, Vegas not having to play San Jose for 82 games, I think is going to help everybody else in the Pacific. But I also think it gives the Coyotes good hope that they played really, they outplayed the Bruins. They did everything but score. So maybe some hope that they can beat uh, the Golden Knights uh, tomorrow. And then against Colorado, the team that took them out of the playoffs, the team that looks loaded, might be the Central's best team, might be the West's best team. We'll see. And so uh, the Coyotes, especially in that Golden Knights game, they have yet to defeat the Golden Knights on home ice. They, Picked their 3-3-3 three, three, and three against the Golden Knights. It's a total of nine points. And they are 3-1 and one at T-Mobile Arena. So since that disastrous opening night for the Golden Knights, that is their first ever regular season game at T-Mobile Arena in Vegas, was a downhill slide for the Coyotes. But since then, they've won the last three at T-Mobile, so that's good. But I think the most difficult part is this is a team that just can't beat the Knights at home. They, uh, they're they 0-2-3, so they have picked up three points at home in overtime losses, but that's not the way you want things to go. And they're uh, averaging just under two and a half goals, four per game, and they're scoring only three, or they're allowing three goals per game. So that's not, not the stats that you want to see. Now, obviously, I think it's a little bit different uh, once this season gets started. The Coyotes goaltending, I think, is the best in the league. I know the team hasn't really been able to put themselves on the map, 
because of uh, the way they started out offensively, but the best defense and the best goaltending in the league from my perspective and from what I've seen, uh, if they can find their offense, it can, it'll really jumpstart things. And I think for the Coyotes, it's, it's a matter of find, just watching the puck go in the net. If they, can, if they can see the puck go in the net, then it'll be, uh, it'll be big for them. It'll be big. And uh, a lot of questions were, you know, is adding Phil Kessel, is adding uh, Carl Soderberg enough to jumpstart that offense? But I, I think it is. It just because it was a team that, in flashes, showed that they could score last year when they were hot. It was hard to stop that team from scoring goals and. I think injuries had to do with part of it. I think, again, we've talked about this multiple times on this podcast. Guys being in and out of the lineup, it's hard. It's hard to build chemistry. It's hard to know what line you're going to be on. And so for the Coyotes, it's about keeping those lines together, obviously juggling them a little bit to know which lines work best together. Obviously, you don't want to keep a line together that isn't working, but you're also not bringing guys in and out of the system and calling them up and sending them back down to Tucson. The Coyotes have, I think you gotta kinda knock on wood here for this one, but they've been able to stay with the same roster for the first two games, which is not the case last season. They had to put a couple players on injured reserve and namely Auntie Ronta. Ronta is back, he's healthy. He'll probably be the backup for a little bit. And, you know, Derek Stepan in the lineup a lot and so it's a team that is healthy is keeping themselves with the same roster the same practice every day the same guys that practice the same locker room so i think at some point it'll pay dividends i think scoring a few goals on a goaltender who's probably going to be a hall of famer at some point against a team that feels that their stanley cup contenders will really boost the confidence now to the point of keeping the roster together and not really switching things around. A, a tough, tough story coming out from Craig Morning this, uh, this afternoon, really. It was uh, around 11 a.m. or so. Uh, Craig Morgan tweeting out that Christian Fisher took a puck off the side of the face and in the head area, and he left the ice. But um, no less than an hour later, uh, a good tweet of good news as uh, simply stating he's back on the ice after quote tweeting the tweet from earlier. So Craig Morgan giving Coyotes fans a scare and then taking it right back. So just because he's back on the ice doesn't necessarily mean he wouldn't maybe be feeling some effects tomorrow, but obviously wasn't serious to the point where the Coyotes trading staff felt they needed to hold him out. Uh, so I think for a brief moment there, you wondered if it was going to be Barrett Hayton time, but uh, luckily for Christian Fisher. And what's most important is that there was no serious injury and clearly back on the ice it wasn't too bad. So Fisher's shooken up a little bit. Again, for a team that has had the injury scare, uh, not what you want to see exactly, but it's, uh, it's all right. It's all good. Things are uh, ticking along health-wise for the Coyotes. And uh, speaking of other things that are good, Tomorrow, again, Coyotes playing the Golden Knights. And if you want to find a way to get into the arena, Vivid Seats is the place for you. Now, 
Vivid Seats. It's an online ticket marketplace. You can find tickets to the Coyotes games at home, the Coyotes games on the road, or any of your other NHL teams. If you're like me, I'm a four-sport fan. I love the NFL. I love the MLB. I love the NBA. Obviously, all Arizona, of course. I use Vivid Seats to find seats for Suns games, for Diamondbacks games, for Cardinals games. The Cardinals have an exciting matchup coming up this week against the Falcons, so use Vivid Seats for that. Again, use Vivid Seats to find seats to the Coyotes game tomorrow. And Vivid Seats is not just about giving you tickets, and it's about helping you create experiences that last a lifetime. They'll help you find whatever team, whatever artist is in the valley, or if you're traveling, or if you're listening to this. From wherever you're listening, that market, they're gonna find you the entertainment that you wanna see. So try, give Vivid Seats a try. Great app, great sites, they give you rewards. Uh, and the best thing, all Vivid Seats orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. So if they don't work, they're dedicated to making sure that you get what you deserve, whether it's your money back or whether the tickets situation gets resolved. Whatever it may be, they're dedicated, 100% guaranteed, no surprises. So Vivid Seats, best way to go if you're trying to find Coyotes tickets. And on top of that, you can enter promo code POSTSEASON at checkout to receive a discount up to $100 as the MLB playoffs roll along. Unfortunately, the D-backs not in the playoffs, but at time of recording, the Cardinals are up. So if you want to go see former D-back Paul Goldschmidt play in the NLCS, if the Cardinals can hang on, Go do that. The Dodgers are next door. Nobody in Arizona likes the Dodgers too much, especially if you're a D-backs fan, but who knows? Or you could be traveling to Washington, D.C. You get a chance to check out some of the, na the national monuments and the nationals themselves, maybe. So, again, promo code postseason at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. So, Vivid Seats. Hope you use that to find your next ticket destination. Now we're going to move on uh, into the show where uh, I'll get to the Vegas game in in the last segment but here I I want to be able to talk about I feel that I've said this multiple times in terms of the Coyotes haven't gotten off to a good start and they need to and it's important and I really haven't given reasons why and I think well not necessarily reasons why but I haven't given the stats to back it up right well the Coyotes got off to a bad start how what's a bad start is it 0-2 is it 0-4, you know, lose six of your first seven games, whatever it may be. So I want to jump into that a little bit. Uh, and Rick Tockett's first season, um, which was in just a couple years ago, 2017, at 2018 year, uh, the Coyotes not off to a good start. They lost their first 11 games, and they finally picked up a win over Philadelphia in overtime. And then uh, followed that up with uh, two more losses to Detroit and to Buffalo. Then uh, beat Carolina in a shootout 2-1. to one. And then after that, went on a five-game losing streak. So they lost uh, 18 of their first 20 games. Now, that's a, a historic clip that not a lot of people, I don't think in our lifetime, will ever see again. And, and that Coyotes team, I don't think, was really that bad. They did finish um, exceptionally strong. Um, I mean, after the All-Star break, uh, they or at the All-Star break, should I say, they had 12 wins. They lost their game uh, before that break 
to Columbus and then uh, followed that up, all-star break, then came back out, lost two, uh, three more, including a 6 nothing uh, demolition by the Kings, but uh, and then a loss to Winnipeg before they won uh, four of their next five. But the Coyotes, uh, at one point after the All-Star, three games after the All-Star break, they were at two wins, or 12 wins. And then they finished the year with 29. So a good finish to their season, a team that played really well down the stretch. And you can really say the same thing last year as well. Had a, a rough start again, not as bad as it was the, the season prior. And I don't, again, I don't think we'll ever see anything like that. And cross our fingers, we never will. But uh, a team that early on had struggled. They were two and five at one point uh, in their first seven games. Then they did go on a five-game winning streak. But then followed that up with a three-game losing streak and losing four to their next five. So pretty much got themselves back to 500 and they hovered around 500 for a good part uh, of the season. Then uh, a four game losing streak and which ended up uh, turning into seven of their next eight. And then uh, sprinkled in some more winning streaks. And uh, again, ended up winning the 39 games total, 86 points, not good enough. But for the Coyotes, that's that's why big starts are important and they don't need to go out they didn't need to go out and go seven no eight no obviously that's not possible anymore and then obviously any team if you said we'll start eight no we'll take it the canadian started ten and oh at one point a few seasons ago and they ended up missing the playoffs so big starts don't necessarily mean that it's you're going to be a playoff team but it also doesn't hurt your chances and for the coyotes especially last year you just start to wonder if you didn't start so bad, if you didn't start at two and five, is this a is this a different team? Is that a playoff team? And you don't go on some lengthy losing streaks uh, in during the season where any good winning streak you put together was pretty much negated out by a tough losing streak. So it's about consistency, and it's about starting off well. And the Coyotes, I think, uh, for a team that is really looking to make that next jump again, the offenses seem to be the issue. It's not, and it's not generating either. It's not the generation part of it. They're getting the chances. They're getting the opportunities. It's all about the the finish that they're struggling with. So I think that gets turned around at some point. But you can't you can't start two and five again. You don't want to be facing that. And it, again, it's not as dire as in the NFL season. If you start two and five, you're pretty much halfway through the year, and it's a loss caused at that point. But you don't want to have to go on a five-game winning streak like they did last year just to get back to 500. You want to be able to stay at or hover above 500. Best-case scenario, especially for a team that hasn't been to playoffs in seven years, people are excited about but aren't necessarily deeming as Stanley Cup contenders. And I think if the offense comes around, I know this sounds crazy, but that could be a Stanley Cup contender, a team that arguably has the best defense, definitely has the best goaltending tandem when they're healthy. And if they can get that offense rolling, especially with Clayton Keller and Phil Kessel, Derek Stepan can score. And Nick Schmaltz had a point per game as a Coyote before he ended up getting injured last season. Connor Garland has proven he can chip in some points when needed. So a team that can be really good offensively at times, they just need to find that consistency. And they've had a lot of time to think about it. They haven't played since last Saturday. 
So they've got enough. They'll have a five-day break before they're coming in to Thursday night's matchup. And it's going to be a matchup that a team that they haven't beaten at Gila River Arena, a team that technically they're 500 with, but they've won all their games against the Knights in Vegas. So for the Coyotes, it's about starting off right in the season, getting some home wins early, and we'll see if they can start bucking the trend on Thursday. And for the Vegas Golden Knights, again, lost last night 4-2 to to the Boston Bruins, a team the Coyotes only lost 2-1 to nothing. Um, and that was only the Knights' third game, so they'll be coming into their fourth game. And it's been kind of a weird NHL schedule. It seems like some teams have played a lot and some teams really haven't played. The Coyotes have only played two games, whereas the Sharks have played four. Obviously, that's means the Coyotes are just going to play a couple extra games a little later when the Sharks get some rest, but for the Coyotes and the Knights, pretty much at the same points of their seasons, but a couple injuries for them. Nothing brand new, but Cody Eakin's going to be out, and so is Alex Tuck. He'll be week-to-week, uh, -week. and uh, Nate Schmidt also out week-to-week -week with a lower body injury uh, after suffering that in the season opener. So uh, without a couple of their, their key players, or at least key a key defenseman, which is big for the Coyotes, but uh, a couple of their forwards who pigeons and secondary scoring, nobody uh, too big on their top lines. That hurts that much. Uh, they're really hoping that Cody Class starts to break out. But uh, for Vegas, a team that felt that they were wronged, whether you believe so or not, if I'm giving an opinion, I don't think they were wronged all that much. A team that had two chances to close out that series, and uh, you can't you can't be pushing guys backwards off faceoffs, especially off balance. The NHL is going to talk about how they're going to improve player safety and make sure the players are playing in a safer environment and, and taking big big precautions on headshots and and laying the hammer down when it comes to discipline on headshots. Sure, that wasn't right at Pavelski's head, but he gets pushed back, and it's not that initial push. It's the second push where he gets shoved backwards and he slams his head on the ice. That is a dangerous play. I don't care which way you slice it. Uh, you might as well have just punched him in the head to begin with because he ends up getting pushed backward and slams his head on the ice. And again, I don't think that's the intention, but uh, I don't know how many NHL players are really intentionally trying to hand out headshots and they still get suspended in, in five-minute majors. So. Again, I know Vegas fans don't feel that same way, but it's a dangerous play. They felt they were wrong, whether it's right or wrong uh, is left to be up to your determination, but a team that's looking for vengeance for sure, a team that felt that they should have been the ones in the Western Conference Finals. I don't know if that team would have beat the Blues. I think the way they had to battle, especially in that series, even if they finished it off, it, it really did take a lot out of them. I think it took a lot out of the Sharks, for sure you saw that. Eric Carlson was really banged up. I remember being at game six in Vegas, and he looked two steps slower than everybody else. And he got he played through it, he played hard, but you could tell something was really wrong with him in that Vegas series. He did end up playing in that Colorado series as well, but uh, the Blues ended up overwhelming them. And again, Vegas didn't really have too many injuries, but I think you just saw how that, that war on the Sharks and how much it took out of them. And, had to play another Game 7 against Colorado. And I know St. Louis played a Game 7 against 
Dallas, but they really dominated that game, even though it went a couple overtimes in. But for Vegas, team looking for vengeance and a team looking to prey on a team like the Coyotes who have struggled. But I think if you're the Coyotes, uh, a good thing is is that the Knights lost. They're coming off a loss. They are a little exposed. They're two and one, one two games against the Sharks, a team that they're playing with a lot of passion against. I think that helped them a lot as well. So uh, for the Coyotes, it's all about uh, coming in, uh, establishing their game early. A team that's defended really well. Uh, obviously, the Knights have a good uh, high-powered attack, but I think the Coyotes are. If they defended the Bruins' attack really well, I think the Bruins are better up front than the Knights are, so they can continue to defend the way they did against Boston, and they're going to be in a good position to win, but it is all about scoring. And I know it's a tired uh, a tired topic, but you got to keep saying it until it changes, right? Uh, there's not too much else. So uh, for the Coyotes, it's are they going to be able to get the job done against a team that they haven't beaten at home? The Coyotes aren't always the greatest team at home. They've always, at least it's felt like, have been historically uh, a little bit better of a road team. Remember the year they went to the Western Conference Finals in 2012, they had a fantastic road record. So a team that sometimes it doesn't always feel like a, a home ice advantage. And with the, the fan base growing for Vegas, it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, split there is. Obviously the first year, there's some Vegas fans there, but. Now that they're in year three, it's an accessible drive. I know a lot of Coyotes fans will go up to Vegas to watch some games, but we'll see how Vegas, uh, their fan base is growing and it's passionate and it's rabid. So we'll see what kind of crowd they bring down. And again, I think what helps is that it's a Thursday night game. So maybe not a lot of people going to get off work, but the American way of work has changed where a lot of people have Fridays off now. They'll work 10 or four tens and or even take a, the occasional Friday off to go do things like travel to a, a hockey game. So interesting for the crowd. Tomorrow, it'll be interesting for the Coyotes. Can they break through offensively? That's the only thing they're not doing right. That's it. They defend well, great goaltending. They're just not finishing their chances. They're getting the opportunities. So we'll see if they're able to finish. And speaking of tomorrow, Andrew Bell from uh, Sports 360 AZ will be with me again, just like he was on Monday. So uh, we're going to record the podcast before we head down to Healer River Arena for the game. So be a little bit bigger of a preview with Andrew Bell, and we'll see how things are going um, with him. And hopefully we don't have uh, any more potential injury news like we did from Craig Morgan today. So if you want to stay in contact with the show, it is uh, the Twitter handle is LO underscore Coyotes. Again, it is at LO underscore Coyotes for Twitter. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it is at S Askelson 96 that is at S A S K E L S O N 96 and uh, again tomorrow Andrew Bell from Sports 360 AZ we'll talk about the Knights and the Coyotes and then Friday obviously we'll have the recap of Knights Coyotes and preview the Colorado game so once again follow us on Twitter appreciate you bringing in the Coyotes we hope you stay locked on Coyotes and we'll talk to you tomorrow